Today, we talk with New Hampshire's original kitchen witch. When Don Aurora Hunt isn't creating magic in the kitchen with infused oils and witch's brew coffee, or writing books about cooking and love, she is bewitching customers at the likes of the Made in New England Expo on December 3rd and 4th. I'm Matt Mowry. I'm Nathan Carroll, and welcome to BizCast NH. Yes. We have something very exciting coming up this weekend. We have an expo. We do. We have the Made in New England Expo. Um, and you, as a, uh, a veteran of such things, um, I think you should give the elevator pitch for what the Made in New England Expo is. It's one of my favorite things that we do. So cool. twice a year now, we put on major expos, the Made in New Hampshire Expo in the spring, and then the last few years, because that was so successful, we got a lot of requests from attendees and vendors alike to put on a winter show. Mm. Uh, so we introduced Made in New England, and it's fantastic. It is locally made products from across New England, um, things that you're not going to find in your mall. Uh, the, this is a way to support local entrepreneurs. And the reason I love it is, one, we have great attendees that come in, and they get to be introduced to an array of products that are mm. made here in New England, from infused oils and coffees mm-hmm. to furniture to clothing um and it's all for this show obviously great holiday gifts oh yeah so this is a way to to find those unique things that you you want uh to to give something special and on top of it you get to support local businesses and for me that's the part i love is that we're able to give these businesses an extra boost for an audience that they may not typically get to reach because the magic is Yes, you can go online and buy from them afterwards, and we hope that they do, mm-hmm. but this is the chance to talk to the people that make the product They're right there, and yeah. make that connection yeah. and understand who's behind it. And I think that just makes it uh, that even more special. Oh, it does. When you're able to know who's behind the product that you're buying. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool... Uh... A pretty cool feeling and, and, and experience. So uh, folks should definitely check it out this weekend, December 3rd and 4th at the center of New Hampshire, right in downtown Manchester. Yes, at the Doubletree Hotel. Indeed. All right. Well, now that we've talked that up, let's, uh, let's talk our guest up today. Our guest this week is Dawn Aurora Hunt, CEO of Cucina Aurora Kitchen Witchery in Salem, New Hampshire. Dawn's been teaching and writing on the topics of kitchen witchery and spiritual nutrition since 2010, when she started her own company making gourmet foods with a dash of magic and a heaping helping of positive vibes as the main ingredients. She's grown her brand to reach local markets in over 500 stores nationally, is the author of A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Love and Romance, and Kitchen Witchcraft for Beginners. You may have seen her on WMUR's Cook's Corner or on QVC, teaching people that good, healthy, and even gluten-free food can be easy to make and wonderful to eat. Dawn, welcome. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. We are so excited oh to have you. Oh my goodness, I feel like when, when that bio is... Red, it's so official, and it's I'm like, so official. Did, is that? Are you talking about that's me? You. That's you. <laughs> are you. Are you sure? Because she sounds really cool, and I definitely yeah. don't feel that cool. We should like, totally just, hang out with her. Oh my! Oh wait! Oh wait! We are. <laughs> wait, that's, I love you. That's. Did I really do those things? You know what? So and the thank cool you. thing thank about today is that me. we get to dig into right what you have done and how you've done it. Um, but I think, and, um, and I sort of preface this, you know, at, before we had the mics on, I was saying, I, I came up with like a million questions to ask you as this lead in question. And I erased them all. And it boils <laughs> down to what is a kitchen witch? I'm a kitchen witch. You are. I so tell us more so, about you so, then. <laughs> so, um, I think oftentimes there's a misconception, right? Um, I am a kitchen witch. And what does that mean? If I had to put it in the tiniest little bubble, um, a kitchen witch is someone who cooks with intention, with love, puts positive energy in their foods, cooks seasonally, eats seasonally. I think everyone has a little bit of kitchen witch in them. Um, You know, yeah, there's, there's a spiritual aspect to it. But for me, it's really about taking my intention, taking my positive energy and putting it in food, in ingredients, things that I cook up that then I can physically ingest and then also give to other people to Mm. physically ingest, right? So I want to explain that everybody does this, all right? 
I am cool. not the only one. We cool. all do this, all right? If you've ever had uh, a cold, maybe you were sick, you didn't feel good, and you cooked up some chicken soup, whether it was from scratch or from a can, mm-hmm. right? And as you're stirring this soup, you're thinking, oh, this is just what I need. This is going to set me right. It's going to fill me up. I'm going to feel so good. It's going to heal what ails me. As you are cooking that soup, as you are simmering that soup, that's the intention. That's the energy you're putting in your food, okay? And that is thereby what I like to call uh, increasing your, quote, spiritual nutrition because you're actually putting an intention into that meal. And then you take that meal into your physical body and you take in all that great great energy. Uh, so that's like in a nutshell, the simplest way I can put what is a kitchen win. I love that because I'm, I'm so I'm having a moment and I have to just tell you this and we may, it may be a sidebar, but my daughter was sick recently. Mm. She's three. She had a, you know, a cold, terrible, yeah. terrible cold. And my wife the other day made her a soup and fed it to her. And it was like, I don't, you know, maybe it was timing, maybe it was the energy and everything she put into it. But that evening, that kid was back to her normal self. And Amazing. I, and, and so when you said that, I'm like, oh my yeah, God, that yeah. was our experience. So thank you for, for kind of letting us know that everybody does that. I think that's really neat. Everybody does it. And like conversely, uh, here, here's the opposite side of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a recipe? Maybe Matt, do you, do you have something that you make uh, for every occasion? Or like something people know you for, they go, oh, you've got to bring that dish to the potluck. <laughs> so yeah. holiday season, I'm the sweet potato king, the casserole king. I love it. So have you ever made it when you're in a bad mood? No. Right? So had you made it in a bad mood, and this has happened to me on more occasions than I like to admit, uh, where like I've made a dish, here's my story. Uh I made this this lemon cake that my father-in-law loves. It's mm-hmm. a lemon cake with blueberries. And I was making it for him for his birthday. And I had a really rough day. And I I, I was just all over the kitchen, like, blah, 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 <laughs> expletive, expletive, expletive. Can't say it Maybe something's getting slammed around. Correct. <laughs> Things getting slammed around. And I was like, I got to make this damn cake. Rah, rah, rah. And so I make the cake. It comes out awful. I couldn't get it out of the pan. It tasted like crap. It was falling apart. Like, it was terrible. And I went, oh, I was in a really bad mood when I made this. (laughs) Right? So I put the wrong kind of energy into it, and then it just didn't come out. And again, I think everybody's had an experience similar to that where they Mm -hmm. have something they know how to make, um, and somehow they forget something or they're not doing it with a clear head. Um, And so, again, we've all had these experiences that through my lens – our kitchen witch experiences. Yes. Wow. So, you know, I've had the experience where, you know, you're being forced to make dinner like yeah. oh. <laughs> You do the exchange back and forth. Like, fine. are you going to make dinner? I don't want to make dinner. Can you make dinner? Oh, fine. You know, right. and, you know, it's not the most special meal you've ever made. On Correct. the other hand, when I make, you know, it's around the holidays that I make, you yeah. know, this calorie bomb of a sweet potato casserole. But I, it's one of those times I'm in a really good mood when I'm mm. making because it's, you know, it, it's something I only make a couple times during the year. I know people love it. They're going to look forward to it. And I feel happy about it because yeah. I, I already have those memories of the last time that it was made and eaten going through it. So totally get what you're saying. So I'm sensing, you know, maybe a slight passion for food. <laughs> I don't, me? I don't know. I don't know. About. So I let's talk about where, where's that grounded in? Was this for you growing up? Yeah. You grew up in New York, right? So I did grow up in New York. I am Italian. Uh, for those people that don't know what I look like, I have a giant Italian Sicilian nose. So um, I'm very... Uh, there's no question what my heritage is. Um, I, <laughs> I like to awesome. say I'm a, I'm a little Italian meatball from New York. Um, I didn't go to culinary school. I am not a trained chef. I was taught to love food by my grandmother and to be resourceful about food by my grandmother. You know, we'd go out into the garden and pick dandelion and make dandelion omelet. Wow. Um, we would stuff... Um, squash blossoms in the summertime with cheese and fry them in the pan. Like, and that was like these simple things, but they were always about what's the earth giving us? What's in the garden right now? What's seasonal right now? Um, and I, I love food. Food is my love language. Right. Um, and then in my early twenties, I realized that my, uh, spiritual path of like being connected with, uh, earth and nature Mm -hmm. kind of dovetailed with my passion for food and cooking for others. And I was like, oh, 
I'm a kitchen witch. Like this just makes <laughs> this just makes sense, you know, uh, for me and 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 who I am and how I express my feelings and not just consuming food because we all like to eat our feelings from time to time. Um, <laughs> but I also like to give yep. my feelings with a bowl of mashed potatoes. Like if I had mashed potatoes right now, I would feed them to you. Oh, um, you're you. talking about sweet potatoes, Matt, and I'm just like, oh. Mike, Mike is very excited. He just gave us a thumbs up that he would love to have some mashed potatoes. <laughs> uh, mashed so. potatoes. We're going to have to have another show where we just consume just mashed potatoes. In front of a microphone. People will not want to listen because it'll, it'll be, be a lot of this. Okay, you need to stop that now. I know, I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So what led you then from this this love of food? What was your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey from connecting? Because there's lots of people who love to cook sure. and have that, that connection to the kitchen and, 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 and wanting to nourish others. But they don't take it to that next level where they start a successful business. So... What were you doing before this, and when did the light switch go on that, hey, I should be doing this instead? That is such a phenomenal question, and thank you for asking me, um, because as much as I would identify myself as a kitchen witch, I also identify myself as an entrepreneur, and I used to hate that word. I thought it was so pretentious, and I was like, ugh, entrepreneurs. (laughs) And then I started really understanding what entrepreneurs were, and I was like, oh, that is me. Yeah. and as I learned that, I realized I've always been an entrepreneur. I was a little kid with a lemonade stand all the time. Uh-huh. I was always um, the bossy kid, and I'm using air quotes <laughs> because I hate, yep. again, especially as a, as a woman, as a female, mm-hmm. as a female body person, um, you kind of get labeled as, you know, um, bossy or mm-hmm. know-it-all or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so if there are any women out there listening, um, screw that. Just go do follow what you follow yeah. what you want to do. Um, yeah. So so I, I had a series of like little businesses. I was like, oh, I can't find a summer job. I'm just going to run a business cleaning houses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love theater and I love musicals, obviously. And um, <laughs> just, no. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't get a part in a show. And I was like, well, screw that. I'm going to run my own cabaret theater and started doing things like that. Wow. Um, yeah, it was great. We did it for charity around the holidays, and it was great. And I did that a couple of years in a row. And then, uh, you know, when I went to college, my background is actually in interior design. Uh, I went to school for interior design because I met my partner, and he's a musician. And I thought, well, somebody has got to have a real job. So, um, <laughs> Someone's got to make the money. Somebody, right, exactly. I mean, again, that's that's in 2001. Um, as, as, I, as we sit in this beautiful recording studio uh, for music, um, music is a real job. Um, yes. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but I went into interior design specifically so I could be my own boss. I didn't ever want to work for someone else. And the irony of that was in design, I wound up working in corporate design and I hated it. (laughs) I hated it. So I didn't care what color somebody's couch was. I didn't. And again, this is back in New York. So it's a very posh environment. And as I said earlier, I'm a little Italian meatball. The rich ladies dripping in diamonds really didn't care what I had to say. Um, (laughs) So... And all the while I was cooking, you know, my whole life I was cooking. I was always doing food and I was always um, sharing food. And in 2009, I found out I had a bunch of really weird food allergies. Oh, wow. And I started making these infused olive oils for myself um, just so that I could still cook and enjoy food with flavor. So as we were trying to figure out what my allergies were and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what I could eat and what I could enjoy and what was good enough that I could share with my husband, right? Because he doesn't have any allergies and I still was doing all the cooking. And he was like, these oils are really, really good. You should sell them. And I was like, you're crazy. No one's going to buy this. <laughs> Come on now. And then in, at the same time, I had an opportunity um, to speak at an event on these ideas of kitchen witchcraft. And I thought, well, I'm a kitchen witch. I could talk about kitchen witchcraft for 20 minutes, half hour, no problem. And the people who were running the event said, well, we can't pay you, but we'll give you a, a vending table and you could put out whatever products you want. And again, I was like, well, I don't make anything. I'm not crafty. I don't like, I don't sew. I don't bedazzle things. Um, and, and so I said, my husband's like, you should sell those oils. Okay, whatever. By the end of this day, I realized I had 40 people show up for my workshop, which was crazy. And I sold everything I made. Every, wow. And I didn't make a ton, 
but I sold everything. And I thought, huh, maybe there's a market for this. Uh Maybe there's There's a business here. Entrepreneur hat. uh, Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Always looking for that entrepreneur hat. Thinking beyond. Right. And that, that was... That was the first ever Kachina Aurora Kitchen Witchery sitting down and selling and being the brand, and, and it evolved from there. And where did the name come from? Oh, I mean, is, I know where part of it comes this from, is, but... This is, right. a fun, this is a fun story. Uh, um, Kachina is obviously Italian for kitchen. Obviously. Right? Um, and Aurora, when my mother was pregnant with me, she saw Disney's Sleeping Beauty and said, oh... Aurora, what a beautiful name for the baby. We'll call her Aurora. Except I'm from New York. <laughs> and my maiden name is Rizza. And they were like, Aurora Marie Rizza is a, it's, it's <laughs> wow. a, little, it's a little much. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a little much. But what does Aurora mean? It means light. We'll call her Dawn. So Kachina Aurora is Dawn's Kitchen or Kitchen of Light. Oh, nice. Whoa. Oh, God, I love stories. Thanks. Thank it's you. A, it's was... a good one. It's a good wow. one. Wow. So how long ago was that first instance where you, you know, you sold out of everything and um yeah, it was two thousand and end of two thousand and eight, oh, wow. beginning okay. of two thousand and nine. Right. And I was making these oils out of my tiny little apartment mm-hmm. uh for the longest time. It was just something I was doing on the side and, you know, teaching little classes on kitchen witchcraft here and there. Um and then in early two thousand and nine uh, we had fire and we lost everything. Oh, um, my goodness. Everything was decimated. And, you know, I had always wanted to move to New England. I had always wanted to move here. Mm-hmm. And um, why? What was the allure? I had a friend that lived in Nashua who moved from New York to Nashua when we were kids. And I couldn't tell you an exact reason, but I remember clearly my first visit to New Hampshire, getting out of the car and it must have been the fall. I mean, there's no other. There could have been no other time. But I remember getting out of the car and looking up at the trees and breathing the air and going, I'm going to live here. I'm, I'm supposed to be here. And I always wanted to move here since I was a kid. And so you used wow. this tragedy of a fire as mm-hmm. your impetus. Yep. What, what made you take that as the sign that it's time to... to pick up stakes and move. We had been talking about it for a long time. We took our honeymoon in Salem, Massachusetts. I know it's cliche, but... <laughs> uh, a little witchery, but, yeah. But, little witchery well, we were going to go to Scotland. We were, that was the plan, is we were going to go to Scotland, but instead we spent the money on this condo that subsequently burnt down. So we could have gone to Scotland. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, so, so, but again, everything happens exactly how it's supposed to happen mm. when it's supposed to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I remember sitting there watching the building burning because it was a, an a, a attached condos, right? So oh, there wow. were 16 families that were essentially homeless after this. And I remember sitting there looking at the building burning and looking at, at my partner and saying, this is the universe's way of telling us to pick up our stuff and leave. There was nothing there for us, you know? Yeah, like right. we don't we don't have human babies, we have fur babies. We hated our jobs. It was impossible to get ahead there because everything was so expensive. Mm. Um and so we picked up stakes and I, almost a year to the day moved to our apartment. Uh, we actually moved just outside of New Hampshire. We moved to North Andover, Mass first. And then he, two years after that is when I incorporated in New Hampshire in 2012. Um, because New Hampshire is a great state to do business it's in. It's true. It is a great state to do business in. I, I was shocked at how easy it was, mm-hmm. how like you could pick up a phone and someone would answer it on the other end. You could go to, <laughs> you could go to the state building and yeah. people were there and they were friendly. Isn't that funny how that works? It was, I don't, again, it's all, it's all relative coming from New York and you know, New York's a great place, but no, the but even, attitude yeah. was completely different. Yeah. You you're know? right. You're right. Um, so you, you're, you're now in, in New Hampshire, you've incorporated, um, are you still, you know, at that point anyway, we were still working out of your, out of your house, out of your kitchen. Yeah. 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 I was still working out of my apartment in North Andover, but I quit my job in design, uh, after about a year. And again, the people of New Hampshire, the people of New England are so different. You know, people really understood what I was doing. They were excited about 
this product I was making. They were excited about this message of cooking with love. They wanted to support me. You know, again, I started the company in 2008. And I remember going to like my first meeting with the SBA when I moved up here mm. um, and SCORE. I saw SCORE and yeah. I saw SBA. And I remember them saying, oh, you actually had this idea and started selling stuff in 2008. And they were like, well, you know, it's a recession in 2008, right after the the housing collapse, and um, they were like, "Oh, your company's going to do fine because you you started in at this time, mm. and and people are really enjoying it." And I think what happened there was moving out of New York to a place where the consumer really resonated with my message. You know, I think that that for me was was so helpful. But I was still working out of my home, mm-hmm. and I decided to quit my design job. And I got a part-time job at Trader Joe's, which is awesome because I figured, I, listen, I, I'm the biggest Trader Joe's fan, but I figured if I'm going to learn about the grocery industry, I may as well work in a grocery store, mm-hmm. right? If this is what I want to do and I want my products on shelves like this, I need to understand what that's like. And I hadn't worked at a grocery store in my lifetime before that. I had other tons and tons and tons of retail jobs, Um but never in that avenue. So I started working at Trader Joe's and and so kind of flipped from, you know, doing Kachina Aurora full-time mm-hmm. and working at Trader Joe's part-time from working design full-time and doing Kachina Aurora part-time. And so what was, because we are going to get to where you've grown this brand into, which is very impressive. Um, but what was the path, you know, how, again, you know, we talked about there's a lot of people who love food don't, but don't take that next step. Well, there's lots of people that have home-based businesses that don't grow beyond that. So what were some of the keys that you had to building this brand? What were some of the mistakes you learned from? And what were some of the valuable lessons that allowed you to move forward, especially, as you said, going to Trader Joe's? What did you learn from that experience about getting your product on this those shelves? Is such a great question, Matt. And again, thank you for asking it. Um, there was a catalyst moment where I'm in my two-bedroom apartment in North Andover, and I had boxes and oil and herbs and every, like, <laughs> literally in this little two-bedroom apartment and I'm, like trying to wrangle the cats in the other room. And I'm, every day the mailman is coming and picking up packages. Um, and it was taking over my life. And a friend came who came over to help me seal bottles with a blow dryer. Um, <laughs> like that's that's the legitimate the glory of small business. The glory of small business. And she looked me square in the eye and she said, "The fish can only get as big as the tank you put it in. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get this, you want this to be bigger, you have to figure out how to get out of your apartment." And I was like, "Okay." And it was like, you know, smack in the head. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Where do you want to go? Right. Right. Make a plan. Make a plan. And so I made a plan. I was able to rent a space in Salem, which is the space we're still in. Oh, wow. Which, to be quite frank, we are bursting at the seams to get out of. We were ready to get out of it before the pandemic, and the pandemic kind of set us back. And Mm. so now we're back in the space of of looking for new space. Mm -hmm. But I love, Matt, that you asked about mistakes. They're where we learn, right? Again, I don't think people understand how entrepreneurship is a series of failing forward, right? You can Amen to that. You continue yes. to fail forward. Um, and you don't fail unless you don't try. And so you have to keep trying and keep failing and learn from that mistake. And then sometimes it works. Sometimes you, you have a success, but the truth is I've had so many more failures than I've had successes. <laughs> you know, how we keep going, I don't, I really don't know. That's the witchcraft part of it. I really, <laughs> that's the magic. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 there are so many mistakes and I don't think I could, I don't think I could pin down one mistake. I think um, saying yes too much and taking opportunities that I knew in my heart of heart and my gut weren't right for me and saying yes to them anyway. I think trying to, because my my nature is to nurture and saying, I'm going to bring people into this company to help them and to nurture them mm. is definitely part of the whole concept and culture of what we have at Kachina Aurora. Um, but you can't fix people. Mm-hmm. Right. And nice. I think that is something that I learned through my journey of being a leader and being a boss. Um, and that was a hard lesson. Uh, learning, making the mistakes and finding out what do you suck at, which <laughs> most entrepreneurs won't tell you what they suck at. Right. You have to know what you suck at and then you have to hire someone or find someone who's better at it than you 
And you have to be okay with saying, yeah, I suck at that and I need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning to say, I need help, that's, that's a huge part of how I was able to grow to where we are now. I love it. I love it. We'll be right back. SkyTerra is one of the nation's top 50 Microsoft cloud solutions provider, and we're proud to be headquartered right here in New Hampshire. Please visit us at www.skyterratech.com to see how we help companies with their IT needs so they can concentrate on their business. Okay, we are back with Don Aurora Hunt, CEO of Cucina Aurora. Let's keep rolling, as it were. Rolling. So we've explored, yeah, we've explored uh, a, a bit about you and, and your journey so far into, you know, into New Hampshire, northern Massachusetts, as it were. Um, but what I want to know, we've talked about the oils, Um and this space you have in Salem, we know you're bursting at the seams, which is so awesome, by the way. Um, what? So what is your product line at this point? Is it just oils or do you have other uh, products as well? Tell us a little bit about, you know, that. And then I want to get into where we can find them too, because that's a pretty big number that you're in a number of stores and, and all that. So <laughs> <laughs> you're doing all right. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, yeah. So most people know us for the olive oil. Yeah. I would say 75%, 80% of our revenue is from olive oil. Right. Um, but we have a lot of other products. We have this amazing risotto product. Ooh. It's a simmer and serve risotto. Um, again, I've got a lot of crazy food allergies, right? So I make all these things that I can eat that are delicious. Mm-hmm. And risotto is one of them. Um, and it's we have four different flavors. And you literally just add water, simmer it, and it's done in 20 minutes. I was going to say, because risotto is not typically something that people are like, I'll make risotto because exactly. it's easy and fun. Exactly. <laughs> it's intimidating, Mine, mine is easy right. and fun. Love that. It's got all the vegetables in it. It's got all the flavors in it. So it's nice. vegan and gluten-free and that oh. you could add meat or you could add cheese if mm-hmm. you want to. Mm-hmm. I am not vegan, uh, but my products are vegan-friendly. Nice. Um, we have these great dip mixes which most people don't know about. And they were one of the things that started the company. I had these three oils when I started the company and these three dip mixes Mm -hmm. when I started the company. And they're just dry mixes. And most people use them for um, not just dip, right? So cream cheese, sour cream, but they put them like, I put the garlic dip in my meatballs. I put it in my mashed potatoes. If we're getting back to mashed potatoes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sprinkle the garlic in my mashed potatoes. I put the onion dip in my my. Uh, meatloaf mix because oh, again there's God. no chemicals nothing artificial everything we make is nothing artificial like you can read all the ingredients mm. um of course i sell my my own writing my own cookbooks um and then we just came out with an amazing line of coffee which i am over the moon excited about i'm not even really advertising it oh. and i can't keep it in stock wow so it's called witch's brew mm-hmm. and um we have of course it is of course, right? I mean, obviously, <laughs> of course it is obviously um and we have seasonal brews that are ground mm-hmm. so right now as we're recording this we have the autumn brew and it's ground with cinnamon like bark like right in there cinnamon bark oh, nutmeg wow. and ginger so when wow. you brew it it brews with all the mm. with all the spices and then as we're going to the holiday season uh we will have our winter brew which is got cacao nibs peppermint like peppermint leaf oh. and just a pinch of pink peppercorn to give it a little bite which is it's delicious and it's a super dark roast so like just dump a bunch of cream in there or Kahlua it's just you can do so that's what we do like Christmas morning you Uh know um and then and then I just have um the other three that are going to be our everyday coffees Mm -hmm. are uh, moon magic coffee so it's a dark roast for dark moon light roast for full moon and um, medium roast for half moon. Cool. And what prompted going into a coffee line? Because I mean, <laughs> well, the yeah, other I wanna, lines I wanna know too. make, not that this doesn't make sense, but the others make sense together. Like they're in a similar category. Right. This is kind of a departure. So what made you go to, into very competitive 
um, field of coffees? This is a threefold question, and I will try to keep it brief. Uh, <laughs> I, I am a coffee. I want to use the word whore. I don't know if I can use that word. Oh, right yeah. Now. Do it. Um, Do it. I, I thought you were going to say snob, but I like whore. Better. I am also a coffee <laughs> snob. I'm a snobby coffee whore. Like, that's that's really what it is. Um <laughs> And, and my husband works in coffee, like his day job, uh, he, he works in coffee as well. So um, now that I got him on the coffee whore, snobby coffee whore bandwagon, <laughs> it's, it's part of like, it's part of our relationship. I like it's us, our cats and coffee. Like that's, ah, there you go. that's, wow. that's a true statement. Um, so it's something that I love personally and I don't make things that I don't love mm. personally. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important because I don't want to make something that I don't enjoy or that I don't use all the time. So that's, that's the first thing. And I've been thinking about it for years and years. The second thing is most people that identify as witches make tea. Everyone makes tea. There's a tea for everything, but they all <laughs> drink coffee. Okay. <laughs> like, how do you figure? We all, right, we all make tea. We're like, oh, this is going to soothe your stomach. This is going to make your, your headache go away. Great. Awesome. And I do that in my private life. Mm-hmm. But I do not miss a coffee every <laughs> single day. Okay? If I don't get it, there's going to be a problem. Bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then... So that's that's the emotional, personal side of it. The third element of why I decided to go into coffee is because my long-term goals and visions for our product line are that you would have Kachina Aurora at every meal, right? So your oil is going to be your, your dinner time. You're making all these meals with these olive oils, whether it's throwing it on a salad, tossing it with pasta, basting meat, whatever you're doing with that. And then you can use our dips and stuff maybe for, for lunches. And now you have coffee. So you've got Kachina at the table with you for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner. So this is part of that brand expansion to bring Kachina Aurora Kitchen Witchery a little bit of magic into every meal. Such an amazing entrepreneur. Yes. See, you're always thinking about this, right? Thank now you. you're talking brand and expansion. I Thank love you. this. And I yes. want to go into, because you've got a multi-pronged marketing approach that's really obviously been key to growing the company. Before we get to that, can you Give our listeners an idea of the scope of the company now in mm. terms of how many places you're available, what sales are like on the your website. Like what 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 is the scope now of Kachina Aurora? You are so good for my ego. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't because again, as you're you're going through your daily life as an entrepreneur, you are literally having a panic attack at every moment, going, I don't know how we're gonna survive. And you guys are over here seeing it from a different perspective and going, you're calling me a brilliant entrepreneur. You run business New Hampshire magazine. Like, I, what? what? <laughs> me? Are you sure? Um, thank you. Thank you. I, like, I'm a little blushing. Um, the scope of our brand, I guess I guess you're right, Matt. It, it is very, very broad. Um, and it's also interesting because when I first started, I was told, pick one. You can't do them all. And I went, mm, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, nobody tells me what I can't do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do think it is important advice to say, you know, pick one of your good ideas and focus on it for a six month period of time, but that doesn't mean you won't be able to incorporate the other things. So you can find Kachina Aurora products, mostly our olive oils in over 500 stores nationally. Right. Um, we have a lot, a chain of stores in Texas called central market, which is crazy because I made friends with the buyer and he was like, this stuff is great. I'll put it in all 10 stores. Okay. Um, you know, it, that just uh, serendipitously happened. Right. You also have to ask, Mm -hmm. you have to have the balls to walk into a place and go, what do you think? And let some and be able to take that. No, I don't think so. And walk up to the next person and say, what do you think? You know? Right. Um, Locally, we're in every Whole Foods store in um, the region. So there's 48 stores from Connecticut through Maine. You can find Cucina Aurora olive oils. But our bread and butter is our amazing local shops, our mom and pop shops, mm-hmm. sure. right? Our farm markets, our, our gift stores. There's a great shop down in the Manchester Mall. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. Um, the Manchester Craft Market in the Mall of New mm-hmm. Hampshire. Yeah. Um, Jess over there has put together this. It's basically like your event that you host in a tiny little space with all these amazing vendors. Um, and and we're all local and she's got us all there. So we've, we're in places like that and you can find us there all the time. Then, of course, we have our, our online store, um, which is, is again, that's 80% of our revenues through our online store, which we 
work really hard. Uh, we're going to be going through an overhaul on the website soon, I think, because um, that plays in with the social media. But we also have, you know, me as an author, right? So me getting out there and doing book signings brings eyeballs to our company and to our brand. I have my own podcast as well, which also brings eyeballs to the brand. And so, the name of the podcast? Uh, it's the Kachina Roar Kitchen Witchery Podcast, and it's the series is called Conversational Witchcraft. And it's basically me BSing with a bunch of people who are into the same stuff I'm into. Um, and, and we do have entrepreneurs on, and we do have, um, you know, other people that practice, you know, um, new age stuff and healing and, you know, people that make tea, like so let's not poo-poo on the people that make tea. Um, and other people that identify as kitchen witches, which is really fun to kind of like talk about recipes and food and passion. Um, so we have all of those avenues and YouTube and all that. Right. Kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and that's how did you go about realizing that when the keys was going to be this really intensive marketing push that you've done? I mean, because you've got, like you say, you've got the cookbooks, the podcast, you've been, you go on MUR regularly you uh have been on qvc you have uh, you go around to all these expos to you know sell your product directly to the consumer and and, and drum up business that way um you know what drove your marketing plan and how did you discover what worked and what did necessity (laughs) (laughs) there's no there's no um again i i don't have an education in marketing I don't have a, a BA in marketing or entrepreneurship or anything like that. My degree is in interior design, right? So whatever I learned from there, I've kind of taken in into this world with me. But again, I think that comes from always being in retail. I, I shouldn't say that. If, if I'm going to be really honest, there's definitely a point in my life. I worked for a very short period of time. I worked for Walt Disney World. And I went through a Disney World uh, business program mm. while I was there working. And it was just like a six-month intensive. And I'm sure, and it's you know, over 20 years ago, but I'm sure that I picked things up when I was there. More over, less about marketing and moreover about how to treat people about how to be authentic and how to not care. Just get your message out and be you. Um, And so I don't really have, I do have a little bit of marketing um, strategy. I work with some people that have much more knowledge about marketing strategies than I do, but it all comes through the same filter of, does this get us in front of people and show them who we are, what we do and our authentic selves? And can we connect with them over our love of food? So if an opportunity gives me an, a, a situation where I can connect with other people over a love of food, I take it, whether or not it's in my plan, right? Whether or not it's part of my strategy. My strategy is talk to as many people as I can and tell them how much I love food. <laughs> well, and clearly that's working. I, I hope so. I hope so. so how, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people would love to end up on some things that you've ended up, including QVC, which is not easy to get on. Yeah, so what was the path to getting on QVC and... What did that do for the business? Big inhale and exhale all of my drama. Um, again, uh, I, I want to use the word luck, but luck is not the right word. Um, I work very hard in my personal life to manifest opportunities. Um, I visualize, I do a lot of goal setting. I do a lot of goal writing. My spiritual work is always about where am I going next and how can I bring that into fruition for the greatest good of myself, my company, and all those that I love. So like, if you want to break down what is my spirituality, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, QVC, again, an opportunity that seemingly fell into my lap. Um, I did not go after it. I envisioned something big happening for years and years, and it showed up for me. Was it the right opportunity? Mm. It's one of those. those Be careful what you wish for. It's one of those uh, fail and learn situations. Okay. Um, Contractually, I'm not allowed to say everything that I'm thinking. Um, (laughs) At least not yet. Understood. Um, (laughs) What it did for our business was show us what we are capable of what our output can be when we are pushed. We had to manufacture insane amount of products. We had to manufacture insane amount of boxes. We had to get them out the door in less than 24 hours. How my crew of four people did it, I couldn't tell you. Magic. Again, there's magic. the magic. Yep. There's the magic. Yep. Um, it gave me vertigo and, uh, you know, I was like out of commission. I had a pinched nerve. Like it was physically and emotionally awful the first time. And then I did it again because I thought, oh, I didn't learn. 
I didn't learn my lesson. Um, I think this is a really good uh, segue to talk about some of the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing Mm, at this moment, right? So when I got the first deal with QVC, it was last November. It was a year ago, this time of year. It took four or five months for that deal to go through, for that order to be placed. By the time I placed the order for my goods, my inflation had gone up so much that on those 6,000 bottles of olive oil, I lost 3% on everything I sold. And I'm just going to be like super honest so people understand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is what entrepreneurship looks like. And these are the challenges that even on the outside, you guys look at us and say, wow, Kachina, they got their stuff together. We do, but we still make mistakes and the world at large is still, um, it can be very painful at times, right? Um, so we decided we're going to go back again because this is a great marketing opportunity. It gets me in the houses of people (laughs) who wouldn't necessarily see us. You know, we sold so many bottles of oil to people all over the country. I mean, Hawaii, Alaska, so many people in California, which again, it's amazing to be on a national scale, you know, I mean, to, to, to be able to get that message of connecting over food and the love of food on a national scale, it's just, it's just incredible. And the response from the customers was insanely amazing and and really gratifying. So we go and we do it a second time and we have just as much of a, of a, of a great, you know, a great sales. I may have sold 2000 units, which is 4,000 bottles in less than 10 minutes. Wow. Insane. And again, you have <laughs> totally like, you literally have 24 hours to get them out the door. That's their, their contract. You have 24 hours. You've got to get them out the door. 10 pallets out of our door by 6 PM the next day. It was, it was amazing. Um, but there was a mess up and they undercharged after I had negotiated the correct price. They undercharged. They would not uh, reimburse me for that charge. So I've severed that relationship. Mm. which is unfortunate because you have to be able to, as an entrepreneur, walk away from something. You have to recognize the stick behind the carrot. And the carrot in terms of that relationship was, you're going to be on national TV. You're going to be in homes, the homes of amazing, you know, so many people and, and you're going to sell so many units. That's great. But the stick was, well, we might not be able to get the, the your cost correct. And, um, I had to walk away from it, which is really, really sad. Mm. And I want to be able to tell you it's the greatest experience in the world and mm-hmm. it's been so form, you know, transformative for our business. No, it taught me, pull it back, stay local, mm. come back to my people, come back to my neighborhood, you know, and, and grow from within, dig deep, plant deeper roots, you know, instead of, these lofty ideals of being in all these homes in California, which is amazing. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I can't go there. I can't see those people in person on a daily basis. You know, as a person, I'm walking around Whole Foods here and there's like my picture on the, on the, the display and people are literally coming up to me and saying, oh my goodness, I buy your stuff. I love it. My kid loves it. They finally eating vegetables. Personally, that's where the gratification is. Not how many people in California might have this on their shelf. Right. Right? I don't know. that. I know it was a total tangent, but... No, um, your story is... Thank you, first of all, for also sort of addressing, you know, what some folks don't uh, in that, you know, sometimes being an entrepreneur sucks. <laughs> Amen. Because <laughs> you have to deal with stuff that you don't have control over. True. and But... Uh, obviously, you're you as you said are, are learning and, and growing uh, literally from from that. Um, before we wrap today, though, I want to get into maybe a. a I want to definitely know what's next and sort of what's in the future for you, but I want to dig into a little bit of your spirituality um, first because the word keeps coming up, um, and there's an energy about you, and you're obviously focused on that as well in in your creating what you do. Um, what are sort of, what's the, where did that foundation or that, that openness to different spirituality come from? Because everyone's got their path and I'm just curious of what yours is and and how you've embraced what you clearly are, uh, should have embraced. You know, it, it seems right. Thank you. Thank you for asking that question. Um, for a long time, I was very afraid of who I was, 
um, especially I was brought up in a very um, conservative Italian Catholic family, um, and I, I never really felt 100% comfortable with the faith that I was brought up in, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of rules. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. A lot of rules. Right, a, l- a, a little lot bit of, of shaming. And... Well, a lot of shaming. Um, not Again, I think, and, and maybe this isn't the venue to have this conversation, and maybe this is all going to get cut out, or maybe I'm going to get hate mail. I don't know. Um, but I know who I am, and I know what I believe in. Um, and that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. And that goes to authenticity, and that goes to my brand, and that goes to who I am as an entrepreneur, as a leader, um, as a spouse, as a friend, as a human being. Um, I, I, a lot of when I first started my business, I was told by many people that were who I thought smarter than me, uh, more knowledgeable than me, that I should drop kitchen witch quick kitchen witchery from my logo and I said no I was told I shouldn't my logo shouldn't be a little kitchen witch um because you know people aren't gonna they're not gonna like that and I'm like well maybe I'm here to show people that people that believe different things are not the enemy we're not scary like I'm literally Mm -hmm. sitting in front of you and I'm saying I am a kitchen witch are you afraid of me like am I scary no, you're not. You're the the, like the least, least scary, scary person, person on the planet. Yes. <laughs> you just want to come hang out with me and eat mashed yes, potatoes. That's true. the whole point. It's true. Um and and I've been very lucky to remain who I am, remain true to my 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 spirituality and my principles and be able to bridge the gap between uh this sort of new age community and for lack of a better term, the muggles, right? Like, i sorry, I just watched Harry Potter last night, so yeah, if you'll yeah, forgive me. Yeah. Um, you know, people that don't necessarily get or, or aren't into that kind of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because putting love in food is something we all do. It doesn't matter who you love, what color your skin is, how you vote, it, it, where you come from, what, what God you believe in. It doesn't matter. We all eat. We all eat, we all share food together, we all show each other love through food, we connect over food. You're just saying it's the holidays, right? You can't wait to bring dishes of food to your loved ones. It unites us all. So I don't have to be ashamed of who I am or what I believe in because that side of connecting over food and putting love in food is something we all do and it resonates with everyone, which is why you can find Kachina Aurora products on a shelf at Whole Foods Mm. and people get it. And then you can find it in a little witch shop in, you know, the middle of Salem, Mass. <laughs> and yeah. this guiding philosophy, I mean, you, it seems to have guided you to authorship. You have two books. Can you talk a bit about what your messaging is in these books and why you wanted to write these books? So, you know, uh, a twist on, uh, I don't even know. If Cookbooks are, 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 are they're hundred percent cookbooks, yes. But it's a different twist. So one's a kitchen witch's guide to love and romance, which you not expect to find in a cookbook, hmm. and a kitchen witchcraft for beginners. So what prompted these, and and what type of cookbook did you want to produce? Uh, kitchen witch's guide to love and romance. Both of these books were were classes that I've been teaching for years, right? So the the kitchen witchcraft for beginners. That's like. A kitchen witch 101. Like if you're interested in what I'm talking about and the, these principles, like here's a bunch of things you can do that are really easy. Stir clockwise and, uh, you know, put your intention in the food by stirring clockwise and thinking happy thoughts, right? Cleanse your space, you know, um, you know wash your hands before you eat, but or before you eat and before you cook and use that hand washing as a ritual of cleansing your, your energy before you begin cooking. Little principles like that. And that's like the first two chapters in, in Kitchen Witchcraft for Beginners. And then the rest of it is recipes, right? It's all recipes. Like, um, we just, what, what are we doing for Yule, for the Yule holidays? What kind of foods should you be making? What are seasonal? How do you make them with what intention? Um, so, e- again, something that I've been teaching for years and the opportunity presented itself. And I was like, yeah, I can write that. Um, and there it was. And then the Kitchen Witchcraft for, um, uh, the, the Kitchen Witch's Guide to Love and Romance, it's sort of like part two, even though it came first. Um, and like you said, it's not something you would expect in a cookbook, but it is 100% a recipe book. If you're into the spiritual stuff, there's a lot of spiritual stuff in there for you. If you're into just the awesome recipes, there's a lot of awesome recipes in there for you. But it's broken up in three venues. Uh, I'm sorry, not venues. It's broken up into three sections. The first section is about learning to love yourself. And 
as a female-bodied person, as a woman who is of a plus size, uh, I have a lot of body image issues and learning to love my body and learning to work with food and maybe my food issues um, and finding uh, love in a space of being able to cook for myself and what foods are good for learning to love me the way I am and then see people the way they are. That's the first cha- the first section of that book. The second section of that book is about uh, being open to finding love elsewhere, so without the self, so uh, meaning outside of the self, not without self, but be- meaning outside of the self, mm-hmm. so friendships, uh, mending family relationships, um, drawing a romance into your life. And then the third section of that book is all about rekindling passion. And it's not necessarily about rekindling passion between partners, but it's passion for maybe you used to love to paint. Maybe you used to love to play rugby. I don't know. How do you rekindle passions? And we do this through the innate energetic properties of what popularly are known as aphrodisiac foods. Aphrodisiac food means of Aphrodite, so they're associated with these love energies. Mm -hmm. That's the teeniest, tiniest little bubble I can put that in. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. sorry. So we've got to wrap, unfortunately, because I feel like this could just keep going on and on forever, and and your story is awesome, and you are awesome, but what's next for Cucina Aurora? Well, we're going to be at the Made in New Hampshire, Made made New England, New England Made Expo in December, so we're going to be there. Um, That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the whole month of December, we'll be at the Tuscan Village Winter Market. Oh, fantastic. So that's super exciting. So that's where you can find us this holiday season. Nice. Um, And you can purchase online, of course. Um, I have a couple of books in the works at the moment. Can't talk too much about okay. them, but they're exciting. <laughs> um, and the, the overall goal, the goals for the future are to move the company from our Salem, New Hampshire facility to a dairy New Hampshire facility. Mm-hmm. And we are working with the town on that. So hopefully that's going to happen in the next maybe 18 months right. um, to have our manufacturing there. And mm-hmm. then cross your fingers and manifest it um, to have a retail shop slash cafe. Uh, oh, that's nice. So, All right. Well, thank you. Um, Dawn Aurora Hunt is CEO of Cucina Aurora Kitchen witchery currently in salem with big plans for the future dawn and cucina aurora will be exhibiting at our made new england expo coming up this weekend december 3rd and 4th at the center of new hampshire expo in downtown manchester more information and advanced tickets at businessnhmagazine.com thank you so much for being with us Dawn. thank you so much for having me this was so delightful and i i hope i can come back i'll bring mashed potatoes oh thank you you're welcome back Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. Check out the Cardinal blog and learn about our services at cardinalconsultingnh.com. We're on social at Cardinal Consulting NH. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a joint production of Business New Hampshire Magazine and Cardinal Consulting.